Nutrition is remarkable in its ability to have people with completely opposite views saying they have science to support completely opposite views. Frustrating, isn't it? What are we supposed to believe? Welcome to Dynamism Biohacking. My name is Dr. Matt Hammett, wellness and nutrition expert, lifestyle trainer, and movement enthusiast. And each week, I'm going to share with you how to make the right nutritious choices despite conflicting expert opinions, where I help you to discover how to unlock your inner aborigine or your inner greatness. Thank you for spending this time with me today. So let's get into the show. You're going to walk away either thinking I'm an idiot or a genius. This is my demarcation point. Either way, you're going to understand why experts always conflict with each other. And the surprising truth? None of them are thinking along these lines. They wholeheartedly seem to agree that animal research can explain humanity. I argue to differ. Idiot or genius? You're going to call me one of these at the end of this training. Honestly, I could care less what experts may think of me. I'm still going to give you what I think is the truth. That's integrity, folks. So here we go. Most laboratory experiments in science use rats. And while I was preparing my thesis to co-author with a nanotechnologist expert for funding to develop our pain biosensor ideas, which I discovered some of these ideas and borrowed from boy genius Jack Andranka, right? What I found out, it would only work for a rat. One of the most striking discoveries I made in my own scientific journey was what I call the lab rat race. Simply put, applying animal models to study human diseases will not work. Species differences in anatomy and physiology, including organ structure and function, toxin metabolism, antibody physiology, chemical, drug, nutrition absorption, and mechanisms of DNA repair, among a whole host of other differences between humans and other species. In my case, I realized the creation of the world's first human pain biosensor would require human studies, something we are hundreds of years away from. You know, specific antibodies get released during inflammation, and tissues react and behave very differently between species. This training is devoted to the finding in my own discovery, which led me to the decision not to continue co-authorship for the research, and why I recommend natural health first choice for all human beings. And that leads us to the next dynamism biohack, Faulty Rat Science, Part 1.
dynamism is the enthusiastic quality or charism that dynamic people possess that characterizes them by their vigorous action and progress. They step outside that it's genetic cliche, the blame it, name it, and tame it with a drug approach into what I call true health. This is the health class your doctor doesn't know, the wellness prevention and health promotion solution, how to get and stay well for a lifetime. That's dynamism. Research from the Office of Technology Assessment found that between 3.4 and 3.7 million rats are killed each year in laboratory experiments. Estimates from other sources range as high as 23.6 million every year. Rats differ strikingly from humans in many respects, rendering rat experiments difficult, if not impossible, to extrapolate data to compare or make recommendations for people. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the pharmaceutical industry admit this. The FDA reports that 92% of drugs approved for testing in humans fail to receive approval for human use. That was 92%, folks. The National Institute of Health reports that 95 out of every 100 drugs that successfully pass animal trials and go into human clinical testing fail during the human clinical trial phase. In addition, more than half of the few drugs approved are later withdrawn or relabeled due to serious or lethal adverse effects in humans. Nevertheless, scientists continue to use rats and other animals for human research. Animal research, by the way, is a multi-billion dollar industry with high commercial interest. It is one of the main one of the major reasons we continue animal research and why it is fiercely defended despite the obvious limitations, dangers and hindrance against the battle of human diseases. See, change occurs in steps. So, the leading killer of American adults is heart disease. Silent and deadly. Due to similar genetic makeup, and get this, we are apparently closest in terms of DNA to rodents. Rats are commonly used to create medications for human disease. The problem is evident. Rats are very different from us in so many ways. To say otherwise is a flat-out lie. A lie funded by billions of dollars, that's true. But regarding heart disease... Rats differ from us in the ways they process fat and cholesterol. Rats have a much higher activity of a particular liver enzyme called 5-D saturase. Now, don't get weirded out by the science again. I will always bring it back to practicality. But I can't explain this without getting into the geeky Star Trek version of myself. So bear with me. At any rate, this enzyme, well, it changes the chemical structure of various tissues, including the liver, the adrenal glands, the kidneys, the platelets, and fat. So the various tissues would process differently from a biochemical standpoint with different results compared to humans. In fact, 
A researcher at Boston's Tufts University said that the results is that, and I quote, the rat is not an appropriate human model for studies involving lipids. To contrast, another researcher wrote, it is not possible to extrapolate directly from rat to human studies because of differences in plasma lipoprotein, that's your cholesterol and triglycerides, and that the metabolism between the species is vastly different. See, in humans, cholesterol in the liver forms bile acids. From the liver, they are extruded into the gallbladder and the intestine. But rats secrete their bile acids very differently from humans. In rats, they go directly into the intestine as they lack a gallbladder. Rats make a bile acid called mercholic acid, and humans do not manufacture bile acids at all. Rats have a unique ability to eliminate cholesterol from their body by way of this mercholic acid they produce. Rats, unlike humans, are very resistant to changes in serum cholesterol and are also resistant to diet, induced plaques in the arteries, again making rat studies invalid and incomplete for human analysis. Now, you may ask the obvious, aren't the scientists aware of this? Oh yeah. And here lies the so-called bliss of modern science. So, Instead of respecting natural law and obvious species differences, we artificially create a bypass. In this case, scientists have to adapt to these differences by creating artificial environments. In other words, to try to get around Mother Nature, researchers manufacture specific lesions in rats. They feed rats a combination of cholesterol, an antithyroid drug, casein, and cholic acid or a bile acid. So in contrast, natural lesions found in humans happen when we add bad fats like saturated fats to our diet. And when science manufactures a bypass way to get around Mother Nature, it messes with the entire biochemical and the ecological chain. That's a bad idea. You simply can't do that if you want a high quality valid research study. Oh, they will produce data, but it will never be real evidence. It would amount to manufactured evidence derived out of a vacuum, only existing in a controlled lab. The manufactured lab is today's golden standard in science. And like me, many experts are calling for a change. So far in our story, you know how passionate I am about this because I found my mother half on the bed and half off the bed, trying to call for help dead from a heart attack. The scary fact of it all was, no one knew she had a heart problem. When I discovered that scientists were quarreling about research like this, I knew we need an entirely different paradigm. And I asked a simple question, does this rat model make sense? In dealing with the third leading cause of death, heart disease, which killed my mother, we find rat studies are the preferred model for research, even though researchers are quarreling about some significant species differences. So, for example, in heart disease, rats have much higher levels of the enzyme ATPase in the heart. 
AT paste is imperative for energy metabolism, making rats resistant to digitalis drugs used in humans for heart failure. Rats also have a unique and different cardiovascular system. Their normal heart rate is 300 to 500 beats per minute. If that were you and I, we'd, we'd be dead, right? Compared to the human normal heart rate, which is 60 to 80, maybe 90 beats per minute. Changes like this in heart rates between differing species is enough to stop any further research in any area of science, in zoology, marine biology, where they don't swap out one species from another. When we compare findings from experts in these disciplines, they would never consider furthering these experiments. Remember the parable of the marine biologist we did in a different training when we talked about the species-wide concept. The difference in heart rate would spark an entire different conversation here. Just know, in others, in whatever ologist not dealing with humans, they would halt any further cardiovascular studies because of these species differences. So when we get into cancer experiments, it gets worse. Researchers are saying that rat-to-human cancer experiments have gone Ari. <laughs> in fact, when we hear in the news media that we might, might be getting closer to a cancer cure, know that they are talking about a rat or a mouse cure, not a human. In fact, Dr. Richard Klausner, former director of the National Cancer Institute, stated, and I quote him, We have cured cancer in mice for decades, and it simply didn't work in humans. Cancer, which took my dad's life, is the second most common cause of death in the United States of America. Once again, we have vast differences between species when studying cancer. Cancer research is a tough topic to tackle. So for our purposes, just know that rats differ from humans in many ways that have major effects on cancer research. Let me illustrate this with a few examples that I could find from comments and research by scientists pushing away from rat science. Let us start with nutrition. Unfortunately, we do get our nutrition advice from rats too. <laughs> we, we can, let's start with um, beta carotene and vitamin A as an example. So compounds central to cancer and nutrition research include beta-carotene and related compounds called carotenoids. So the human biochemistry converts beta-carotene into vitamin A. So we need vitamin A for a variety of well-understood reasons like healthy skin, mucous membranes, our immune system, our eye health, including our vision. So carotenoids are the pigments that give fruits and vegetables their vibrant colors. They also act as antioxidants, which give strong cancer-fighting properties. Now, rats handle beta-carotene markedly different from human beings. Rats have the ability to form vitamin A by splitting carotenoids within the cell's lining of their unique intestinal walls using a particular enzyme lacking in humans. Rats convert most of the dietary carotene to vitamin A. Humans, in contrast, do not have the ability to make vitamin A. We need to absorb substantial amounts of unchanged carotenoids from our diet 
and store approximately 15% of it in the body. People save about 100 to 200 milligrams of carotenoids in our fatty tissue. The rat does not store beta-carotene in the fatty tissue. In fact, scientists have only found small amounts of beta-carotene in their livers. Once again, researchers attempt to compensate for this by artificially supplementing with large amounts of beta-carotene to design their studies in order to, once again, manufacture evidence to protect their interest. The reason they couldn't help my father with cancer, you know? The problem when applying this information from animal research to humans involves species differences in anatomy, organ structure and function, toxin metabolism, chemical and drug absorption, and maybe even mechanisms of DNA repair. It gives us inadequate and erroneous information when we attempt to apply this animal data to human diseases, drugs, and even nutrition responses. Why? Because as you know, Every species is unique to its own species. To complicate matters further, we can take a look at some of these mechanisms by exploring vitamin C. Everyone knows that vitamin C neutralizes free radicals, which plays a role in preventing cancer and things like scurvy and other physiological functions. Well, rats use an enzyme called L-glunooxidase to synthesize vitamin C in the liver from glucose. Again, big problem. Humans do not have L-galunooxidase, and we do not synthesize vitamin C at all. Now again, guys, you don't need to know where all these enzymes are and do. I'm just using this as clinical um, scientific proof (laughs) that I'm right. (laughs) So bear with me on the geeky stuff. Now, most animal species, well, they can synthesize vitamin C, but humans cannot do so. And again, not at all. Rats synthesize around 20 to 30 milligrams of vitamin C, just a fraction of the equivalent of about 7.5 grams in an adult human. So the species difference between rats and humans, right, in our case of vitamin C, another classic example between the differences in vitamins and their role in organ development and function, nutrient absorption, and even the different mechanisms involved in DNA repair. You can't study this way. Take, for example, scurvy in 1747. You'll love this story. This true story here. James Lynn, a medical apprentice. He's honored for being the man who cured scurvy in the 18th century for his accidental discovery aboard his sea voyages for the Royal Navy. You know the accidental discoveries in science? Oh, those are the best, aren't they? Almost the whole crew was experiencing the debilitating symptoms of scurvy, which included open flesh sores, bleeding gums, dreadful terrors, immobility, and death. Well, citrus fruit had already been suggested as a cure by some, But it was the sailors who ate the ship's rats that was most peculiar. Recall that rats and other animals synthesize their own vitamin C, whereas humans have to get it from our diet, from our food. Apparently for the sailors, eating rats and citrus fruit. (laughs) 
The first time science brought a rat into the laboratory for study was way back in 1828. It took the next 30 years to create the first animal domesticated for purely scientific reasons. In other words, for over 100 years, we did not understand why eating the rats on that ship cured scurvy. Nor did we understand the species differences between species and the errors that have impacted, that may have on our world, that, you know, the, the, this erroneous impact that have impacted our world today when clinicians think that they have a valid argument when they refer to a rat or animal study when formulating drug therapies for human beings. This current mainstream ideology in science right now is the single most important invention since the invention of fire. And like fire, if not harnessed, if not understood, has the ability to consume and destroy us all if we fail to think through our current scientific methodologies and continue to flog any scientist who exposes these weaknesses. Look, I'm not against medicine. That's not our purpose. No, absolutely not. But what you have to understand, I'm against those doctors who think that nature is, has less evidence than them. That's not true. Nature has been used for a millennium in herbs and in Chinese medicine. Natural health care is a really big part of our health. And that's what I'm after here. That's what I want you to get, the solutions of natural health. In fact, our vast knowledge of species differences across a wide variety of species is only recently being discovered. The terrifying fact of this animal research is being swept under the rug. Did you know that clinical scientists do not have to publish all of their results? And for example, if they use five different species to study, they do not have to publish their failed results. In other words, let's say that they publish a favorable result to create a drug for a, from a laboratory rat that showed you know, promising results. Now, this result could push the development of drugs for human consumption, of course. And let's say for our example that they used four other species. So they used a lab-bred rat, a wild rat, a mouse, a pig, and a bird. In their study, the lab-bred rat showed the favorable result. But the wild rat, you know, the rat found in the wild, well, that developed kidney failure and liver disease. And the mouse developed gallstones and needed the gallbladder removed to save its life and became diabetic. The pig became obese and developed short-term memory issues and dementia after one week of experimentation. And the bird, well, it lost its ability to fly and suffered nerve damage, vision issues, its ability to thrive and just sat immobile until death. The scientist would only have to publish the favorable result they created from the laboratory rat. A rat not found that way in the wild, a man-made creation. This is an accurate fictional story to explain real-world science and so-called evidence-based practice most clinical doctors are not aware of because they do not study clinical scientific methodology. 
Well, I admit for our story here, I used very real human side effects to drugs. Again, this is a fictional story, but because there, these very real human side effects actually do occur this way with the other species scientists that are not legally required to report. And if you like today's training, please like it or love it. Leave a comment. How did it help you in your scientific journey? How did it help you lighten up, move better, and live fuller? In our next training, I'm going to continue this rat saga and tackle more of the cancer research. Until next time, lighten up, move better, and live fuller. If you are a current patient in our office, I love you. Thank you so much for your confidence in us. If you are not a patient, I certainly would love to meet you someday. Go to our website, newlifefamilychiropractic.net. And also, I just want to remind everyone that we got the same 24 hours in a day. I'm no busier than you are, but if your goal is to live a happier, healthier, and fuller life, you've got to learn to manage yourself. And that means managing your movement, which drives your energy. When we better manage our energy, we're better able to be more present and vibrant and enjoy our life. We're better able to manage our five pillars of a dynamic health. You deserve a life that is peaceful, that is balanced, that is happy, where you have tons of good health. The health that you need, the health that is on demand when you need it most. You see, because health doesn't come to you, it comes from you. It is a fruit that is grown and earned. And I know we all heard the genetic cliche, the blame it, name it, and tame it with a drug approach. But the truth is, the solution doesn't lie with more drugs and surgeries. The solution lies with you. You know it's not so much of a healthcare crisis as it is a self-care crisis in our world today. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I love you. I love hearing from you. So don't forget to reach out to me. Let me know what you thought about this episode. Do so by whatever is your favorite social media platform. Send me a message there. Let me know that you listened to this episode and what you thought of it. And as always, I appreciate it in advance anyone who is kind enough to write a review. That is the ultimate gift. I appreciate you very much for that. I love spending this time with you. I'm Dr. Matt Hammett reminding you to lighten up, move better, and live fuller. Until next, Dynamism Biohacking.